Welcome to the Valley Brook Community Church Podcast, and thank you for joining us online today. You're about to hear a sermon from our current series, Gifted. As Christ followers, God has gifted each and every one of us with special attributes or qualities from the Holy Spirit. During this series, we'll take a closer look at each spiritual gift to better understand the purposes and God's design for these gifts. We hope you find this podcast meaningful. We love to hear how God is touching people's lives. Just go to our website at www.valleybrook.cc, select Contact Us, and send us an email. So we're in the third week of this series called Gifted. We're looking at the truth that for followers of Jesus Christ, when you became a Christian, the Holy Spirit was poured into you. And as a Christian, with the Holy Spirit in you, the Holy Spirit gave you gifts. And those gifts that the Holy Spirit gives us are to be used to glorify God, to encourage and build up the body of Christ, and to reach the world with the good news of Jesus. Also, I just want to say a special uh, Happy Father's Day to the dads out here. I'm getting a little pressure to give you a dad joke that you can use, okay? And you're going to discover that I'm not a gifted comedian, but I'm a gifted dad joke teller, okay? So what do you call a dad with a rubber toe? Roberto. All right. There you go. So dads, you can use that this week, all right? <laughs> No, no more, no more, <clears throat> no more. I don't want you, I do want you to come back next week, okay? So I will not tell any, any more. So uh, um, last week we looked at the truth that the Holy Spirit uh, gives us gifts to use in service. Today we're going to look at the truth that the Holy Spirit uh, gives us gifts that, that I call miraculous. Now, listen, uh, when you go through our growth track, which is one of our main discipleship pathways, how to become a fully devoted follower of Jesus, we go through 24 gifts of the Holy Spirit that God places in, not all of them, but in believers. And uh, when you go through those, you'll see that we divide them up into uh, well, this, through this series, I'm dividing them up in uh, four different categories. We looked at service gifts last week. We're going to look at miraculous gifts today. Uh, in the coming weeks, we're going to look at gifts of revelation and leadership gifts. So, um, miraculous gifts. Now, you know, think about this in the big picture of things. When you look at that 24 uh, uh, list, uh, 24 gifts list, you will see uh, that there are some that seem very ordinary, like the gift of administration. While there are others that look rather extraordinary, uh, like uh, the gifts of prophecy or miracles or healing or speaking in tongues. And those are the ones that we're going to look at today as miraculous gifts. So um, with that in mind, let's just talk about what the miraculous gifts are. From 1 Corinthians 12, the Apostle Paul says this. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one there is given through the gifts of he through the spirit the gifts of healing by that one spirit to another miraculous powers to another prophecy to another speaking in different kinds of tongues and to still another the interpretation of tongues all of these are the work of one and the same spirit and he distributes them to each one just as he determines so big picture the holy spirit gives 
followers of Jesus Christ these spiritual gifts. The Holy Spirit determines what gift we're given. Sometimes those gifts seem to match up naturally with some of the talents that we, have, that we were born with. But remember, these spiritual gifts, as I've said in previous messages, have a, have, are given to us to honor God, to build up the body of Christ, and to reach the world for Jesus so let's walk through these gifts. Oh, by the way, if you go through our growth track, you will actually go through a spiritual gift test. And when you go through that spiritual gift test, you'll find out what your primary and your secondary spiritual gifts are. And then you'll have a one-on-one -on -one consultation with one of our coordinators to help you find out ways to experiment and investigate those gifts. So if you don't know what your gifts are, if you're not certain what they are, if you've never looked at them from the Holy Spirit's point of view, I want to encourage you to go through our growth track. And it happens every Sunday at uh, 1230. So here's the first of those four gifts. The first gift we're going to look at is the gift of healing. Healing is the ability to act as an intermediary in faith prayer and by the laying on of hands for the healing of physical and mental illness. So let's level set what we know about the gift of healing. First of all, we know that all Christians are supposed to pray for others and pray that they'll be healed. I got the opportunity, the blessing to pray for somebody's healing at the first service. Um, we know this about God. We know God heals people. We know that God can do anything. And we know that the Holy Spirit is free to give miraculous gifts of healing to whomever the Holy Spirit desires. Now, in my own personal experience, I know people who have prayed for others and they've been healed. Now, I also know that people who have been prayed for and they weren't healed. So how do I reconcile that? Well, my answer would be this, okay? Uh, you and I can't tell with, when someone is operating in their spiritual giftedness according to God's will rather than their own will. You know, the reality is this. You know, if, if someone is praying for somebody to be healed and they, they aren't healed, we have a couple of possibilities. Number one, they don't have the gift. Number two, God doesn't want that healing to take place. Or number three, that person is operating in their own will and power and not by the Holy Spirit's power. You know, the reality is, is there are other spiritual gifts, let's say the gift of administration we would be a little more challenged to figure out when somebody is operating in that gifting and when they aren't. Why? Because we're used to seeing people operate as in administrative functions. The reality is some of you may be administratively talented, but you may not have the gift of administration. The reality is, is the Spirit gives these, us these gifts for divine purposes. So that's the gift of healing, all right? The ability to uh, act as an intermediary in faith and prayer and by the laying on of hands for the healing of physical and mental illness. Let's move on to the next gift. Miracles. Miracles are the ability to alter the natural outcomes of life in a supernatural way through prayer, faith, and divine direction. Now, as Christians... We believe that God can do miraculous things, that God can alter the natural outcomes of life in a supernatural way whenever God wants to, and God can use whomever he wants to to be the intermediary in that, or God doesn't have to. 
So in full transparency, while I believe this gift exists, I haven't witnessed it personally. That is the natural outcomes of life being changed. But I believe it exists, number one, because of the testimony of Scripture. Number two, because I have friends and I know leaders that I trust who have witnessed these miraculous acts. And personally, here's something that I really do believe. Um, and this may be by God's design. If someone could do miraculous gifts all the time, people would stop putting their attention on God and start putting it on that person who does those miraculous things. So that's the gift of miracles. Third gift we're going to look at is the gift of prophecy. It's the ability to boldly speak and bring clarity to scriptural and doctrinal truth and in some cases foretell God's plan. So, uh, you know, big picture. Uh, last Sunday was the day of Pentecost. It's a holiday in the Christian church. It's a holy day in the Christian church where we celebrate that the Holy Spirit was poured out on the followers of Jesus and the church is born. That's the day we call the birthday of the Christian church. Now, this is going to get a little confusing. The day of Pentecost for Christians also happened on the day of the celebration of Pentecost in Judaism. They're not the same celebration, although they happen on the same day, and we still call it the day of Pentecost. As I said, it was the day that the Holy Spirit was poured out on the followers of Jesus, the church was born, and it was accompanied by miraculous signs that happened. People from, there were uh, Jewish people from all over the world gathered in Jerusalem to celebrate the Jewish day of Pentecost. And on the day the Holy Spirit was poured out, the disciples and other followers of Jesus were given the ability to speak in languages that they had never learned to testify about Jesus to all of those Jews who were gathered there. And it says in Scripture that 3,000 people came to faith in Jesus. So there were all kinds of miraculous things happening that day. Uh, Peter preached that day. And he quoted from the prophet Joel, the Old Testament prophet. And this is what he said. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy. So that's what was going on. They, they were seeing the fulfillment of this prophecy from Joel and they were actually seeing it happen real time. And that's why Peter began to preach on it. So, listen, the Bible tells us that the purpose of prophecy is to strengthen, encourage, and comfort people. All right? In the body of Christ, that's the purpose of prophecy. I know people with the gift of prophecy, and I've seen them use it to build up believers and to encourage the church. But I've also seen some controversy around people who believe they have this gift and call themselves prophets. Part of that is because they're not acting in ways that accord with Scripture and they're not supporting that gifting in their lives because they're not living a life that honors that. And it would seem that God knew this would happen. Now, I say that because uh, I'm going to share a Scripture with you in a minute, but, but big picture, remember this. All of us as human beings are sinful. And as I said earlier, we can use our giftings according to the Spirit. We can walk in step with the Spirit's gifting in our lives 
following God's will, or we can walk in our own will and determine our own way. Um, We can use our giftings according to our fleshly desires, sinful desires, Paul would say. And the reality is when we do that, we're not operating in accordance with God's will. So this is what God inspired Paul to write about this gift of prophecy. Do not quench the spirit. Do not treat prophecies with contempt, but test them all. Hold on to what is good. Reject every kind of evil. So he said, listen, if somebody brings you a prophecy, don't quench the Holy Spirit, but test it. Test it to see if it's good, if, it, if, it's, if it's from God or if it's wrong and reject it. Now you're probably saying, well, how do I test it? Let me give you three easy rule of thumbs. First, a prophecy must agree with God's word. All right. It it cannot contradict scripture. So if it does, you know it's not from God. Second, a prophecy should, it must exalt Jesus Christ. If it doesn't exalt Jesus, if it exalts a person, you know it's it's not from God. And then one third way you can test it is the person who's sharing the prophecy, their life should be a God-honoring life. If they're living a life that's not honoring to God, then don't trust what they're saying. Scripture tells us not to quench the work of the Holy Spirit. Um, When we do that, uh, it says that we're treating prophecies with contempt, but it says rather test them. The last gift that we're going to look at in this miraculous category is the gift. Actually, it's two gifts, tongues and interpretation. And tongues and interpretation are the ability to pray in a heavenly language to encourage your spirit and to commune with God. The gift of tongues is often accompanied by interpretation, and it should be used appropriately. So... Big picture is, as I said, the gifts of the Spirit are mentioned throughout the New Testament. And in many places, uh, Paul writes about the gifts of tongues. And he writes because he wants people to understand how to use this gift. So we're going to turn to 1 Corinthians 14 and look at five verses that really give us some instruction. So this is what Paul says. Follow the way of love. And eagerly desire gifts of the Spirit, especially prophecy. For anyone who speaks in a tongue does not speak to people, but to God. Instead, no one understands them. They utter, they utter mysteries by the Spirit. But the one who prophesies speaks to people for their strengthening, encouraging, and comfort. Anyone who speaks in a tongue edifies themselves. But the one who prophesies edifies the church. I would like every one of you to speak in tongues, but I would rather have you prophesy. The one who prophesies is greater than the one who speaks in tongues, unless someone interprets so that the church may be edified. So the big picture here is this. You know, Paul says, you know, speaking in tongues is for personal edification. He would rather everybody prophesy because it builds up the church. But he says, if there's the ability to interpret that tongue, it can be used to build up the church but, but he's giving us this clarity on their use. Now, the reason that these two gifts, we combine them, is because they have to work hand in hand. In my lifetime, the gift of tongues has been rather controversial in the body of Christ, specifically because people have made false claims about the gift of tongues. Uh, they've said, well, the gift of tongues is a sign that you have the Holy Spirit, and if you don't have uh, the gift of tongues, you haven't 
receive the Holy Spirit. Some people even go further and say the gift of tongues is a sign that you're really a Christian. If you don't have the gift of tongues, you're not a Christian. But the problem is those are false teachings because there's nothing in Scripture that says you have to have the gift of tongues to be a Christian. In fact, we know many followers of Christ who have never received that gift. This is what we do know about the Holy Spirit straight out of Scripture. Scripture tells us that we were created with a purpose, when, and when we believed in Jesus, we were marked in him with a seal, and that seal is the promised Holy Spirit who is a deposit in our lives, guaranteeing in our lives what is to come. In other words, eternity. So the reality is this. Every follower of Jesus Christ, when they decided to believe in Jesus, the Holy Spirit was poured into them. And the Holy Spirit comes to give you power for living on earth, but also it's a reminder, a deposit, that you, through your faith in Jesus Christ, you've received the gift of eternal life. You've been saved for eternity. So we know that this gift is a miraculous gift that God uses for us to be able to speak to him, commune with him in a heavenly language, but it's not something that designates that you are a believer or not. So big picture with these miraculous gifts What's their purpose, all right? What's interesting, when you study the miraculous gifts in the Bible, it's clear that the, the purpose of miracles, miraculous things, was to communicate that either the messenger or the message or both was sent by God. Think about it. In the book of Exodus, uh, Moses was given the ability to perform miracles, to testify to both his fellow Israelites and to the Egyptians that God had sent him with a message, and that message was from God. If you go to 1 Kings, you read the prophet Elijah was given the ability to perform miraculous things. Why? To communicate to his adversary, King Ahab, and his wife Jezebel, that the message that he was giving was from God. Earlier I read a prophecy from the prophet Joel. And Peter quoted that in Acts chapter 2. And the reason he quoted that was to help people see that the outpouring of the Holy Spirit was prophesied years in advance. And now it was being fulfilled in their very presence. So they would know that this message that Peter was sharing was from God. And it testified to who Jesus was. And as we read in Scripture, it says 3,000 people came to faith that day. Jesus said this about himself and the miracles he performed. He said, don't believe me unless I carry out my father's work. But if I do his work, believe in the evidence of the miraculous works I have done, even if you don't believe in me. Then you will know and understand that the father is in me and I am in the father. So Jesus was saying, listen, if you don't believe in me, that's all right. But when you see the miracles I do, then you will believe in me. And then you'll get it. You'll understand that I, the Father and I are one and that I've come from the Father. In other words, that you'll know these miracles are showing you that I am who I say I am and my message is from God. Peter and Paul both said that miracles were a sign to the world that Jesus and also the apostles were from God. So, What's the purpose for these miraculous gifts being found in the average follower of Christ today? Well, we find that answer in the writings of Paul. He says this. So you see that speaking in tongues is a sign, 
not for believers, but for unbelievers. Prophecy, however, is for the benefit of believers, not unbelievers. So, even so, if unbelievers or people who don't understand these things come into your church meeting and hear everyone speaking in an unknown language, they will think you are crazy. But if all of you are prophesying and unbelievers or people who don't understand these things come into your meeting, they will be convicted of sin and judged by what you say. As they listen, their secret thoughts will be exposed and they will fall to their knees and worship God, declaring, God is truly here among you. So the purpose of these miraculous gifts in Scripture is to demonstrate that a message is from God and that the messenger who's bringing that is from God in order that people will hear it and believe. So all of these gifts that we're talking about, not just the miraculous ones, but all these gifts are here to give glory to God, testifying to, that God's working in somebody's life, to help people come to faith in Jesus Christ and to encourage followers of Jesus. So some of you may wonder, does the Spirit still give miraculous gifts? Well, in an earlier message, I noted that some Christians believe that these miraculous gifts were just for a time in history when the original apostles were still alive. Um, this position is called cessationism. All right, and it says that the miraculous gifts were given to validate the apostles and their message, that they were from God, and that once people believed in Jesus and once the Bible was put together, this philosophy says that those gifts cease to, be exi cease to exist. That's why it's called cessationism. The opposite view to these uh, is that these miraculous gifts continue to this day and the name of that view is con continuationism, all right? So ultimately, while you can study both of these positions, I think there are three clear reasons in favor of continuationism. First, the Holy Spirit is omnipotent. We can't uh, put the Holy Spirit of God in a box. The Holy Spirit can do whatever God desires to do, and so we trust the Holy Spirit is working in the lives of people. Second, the testimony of Scripture tells us that these gifts were given to believers and there's no scriptural evidence that says these gifts cease to exist. There's no time limit. There's, there's nothing that says these extraordinary, miraculous gifts ceased at a certain time. Consider the testimony of all the Scripture that I've read already this morning. It's saying that the Holy Spirit gives this gifts. It doesn't say the Holy Spirit gives this gifts and then it will stop. It doesn't say that. So let me share with you one more scripture from the book of Hebrews. This salvation, which was first announced by the Lord, was confirmed to us by those who heard it. God also testified to it by signs and wonders and miraculous, uh, various mi miracles and by the gifts of the Holy Spirit distributed according to his will. So that deals specifically with the miraculous gifts, that those gifts are there to encourage the body of Christ, those who understand that they've been saved by faith in Jesus and to know that the Holy Spirit is still working in them. And there's a third reason. The third reason is the evidence of Christians throughout history all the way to this present day who receive these gifts and who use those gifts 
and who glorify God in doing so. So, how should the miraculous gifts be used? Well, let me share with you my own personal experience. When I was in high school and when I was in college, I hated to have to write papers. Anybody? Yeah, hate them. All right. Then God called me to, do a, to be a pastor. And what do I do every week? I write a sermon. I write a paper every week. Now, to me, that's pretty miraculous in my own mind. But, but let me share with you. Uh, <laughs> I made a joke and I didn't even know it. <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> you know, the reality is this. My personal experience is this. You know, there are some weeks I'm going, man. I have a message that people need to hear. I've got a home run to hit, and it's going to be so awesome. And you know what? After I'm done, all I hear is crickets. You know, it's like nobody says, wow, that was amazing. Nobody says, wow, I needed to hear that. Nobody does. What's going on there? Honestly, I tell you what's going on. I'm operating in my flesh. I'm operating in my own spirit. I'm operating according to my will. I'm not working the way that God wants to. I'm not being obedient to his spirit. But there are times, there are times when, when honestly, I'm praying all the way up here, God, I don't have it together. I, I don't know what you want to do, but I just need your help. Holy Spirit, I need you to work in me. And I feel like a weak, empty vessel. And it's those days where people say, wow, Clark, I needed to hear that. Wow, you spoke to me and what's going on in my life. And, and it, it never ceases to amaze me that, that when I am laying it out before God and saying, God, you've got to work in me. Holy Spirit, you've got to use me. He does amazing things. And when I think I've got it all together, when I'm arrogant and proud and walking in my own flesh, that's when it falls flat. The reality is this. God wants us to use the gifts that he's given to us according to his will, according to his spirit, not according to our will, not according to our flesh. So we need to, to walk in the spirit. As we read in scripture, it says, keep in step with the spirit. Be obedient to how the spirit's leading. You know, I, I've sort of opened the door to you, if you're not a follower of Jesus Christ, to realize that, that we as Christians believe that the Holy Spirit has worked in our lives and has given us miraculous gifts to use in ministry. And, and if you've not been a follower of Christ, if you've never told him you believe in him, you can, and he will fill you with the spirit and he will give you gifts. You need to explore those gifts and figure out what they are as I've been encouraging you all this morning, all through this series. But here's something exciting. You know, this scripture was written almost 2,000 years ago. And when it was written, God inspired the Holy Spirit to speak to Paul to write not one verse about the gifts of the Spirit, not two, gifts of, uh, two verses about the gifts of the Spirit, not one chapter about how to use the gifts of the Spirit, but three 1 Corinthians 12, 13, and 14. And in that, God gave Paul this framework of how we're supposed to use all gifts, but particularly the more miraculous gifts. And he wrote it in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. So let me read it. If I speak in the tongues of men or of angels, but do not have love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. 
if I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have faith that can move mountains but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast but do not have love, I gain nothing. Now, I bet some of you are saying, I thought those were the marriage scriptures, weren't you? Because people read 1 Corinthians 13 a lot at, at marriage, but at a marriage ceremony. But it's really not about a wedding or about a marriage. It's talking about how every follower of Christ is supposed to operate using their gifts in the body of Christ and in the world. Yes, it can apply to marriage, but, but Paul is specifically saying, listen, if you have these gifts, whatever they are, and he gives us several examples. He talks about tongues. He talks about, um, he talks about prophecy. He talks about faith, and he talks about giving. But he says, listen, whatever gifts you have, whether it's an ordinary gift or an extraordinary gift, whatever gift the Holy Spirit has given you, if you don't use it in love, you're nothing. You've missed it. If you're operating in your own spirit and in your own flesh, you're not walking in love and keeping in step with the spirit. If you, if you have a gift and you're trying to use it the way you want to use it rather than the way God wants you to use it, then you're not keeping in step with the spirit. You know, I encourage you all to discover your gifts and then I encourage you to walk in the spirit and use them according to God's will to build up the body of Christ, to honor God, and to share the good news of Jesus with all people. The big idea is that we have been given these gifts to use for God's glory. And God has poured out his spirit into every single one of us, and he wants us to glorify people with those gifts. Pastor Dave Adamson uh, writes about his experience on the coast of Australia. He says on the, uh, on the surf coast of Victoria, Australia, there are these amazing bent over trees everywhere. And the trees are bent over so far, think this through, that the top leaves touch the ground. But here's the thing. These trees are completely healthy. They've been shaped this way by the prevailing winds that blow through that region. Because that wind has blown on them since they sprouted as a seedling. But they're completely healthy. They have strong trunks and healthy branches. And they're trees. But the wind has done this. And he goes on and he says, you know, in the Hebrew, the, the word for wind is ruach. And it can also be translated spirit or breath of God. And he said, when the Holy Spirit works in us, the Holy Spirit wants to conform us to God's will, not our will. The Holy Spirit wants to work in us. And so like that wind has transformed those trees, the Holy Spirit wants to transform us into people who believe in Jesus and walk in the Spirit and our gifting and do it in a God-honoring way, building up one another and reaching the world for Jesus. But it does come down to each and every one of us acknowledging that we can do it our way or we can do it the Spirit's way. And we have to say, Holy Spirit, have your way in us. And as Paul points out, 
one easy way for you to understand if you're walking in your way, the Spirit's way, is are you doing it in love? Are you doing it in love? So I want to pray for each and every one of us today that we would walk by the Spirit, keep step with the Spirit, walk in love. So if you would, bow your heads and pray with me. Father, we thank you for your love for us. We thank you that you gave us the Holy Spirit on the day that we came to faith in Jesus Christ. We thank you that you poured out the Spirit in us and the Holy Spirit gave us gifts. So Lord, I pray for each and every one of us that, that if we don't know what our gifts is, that we would take the time to discover those gifts. And once we know them, Lord, I pray that we would choose each and every day to keep in step with the Spirit as we live this life and to use those gifts according to the to the grace that's been given each one of us and that we would honor you by doing it your way and not our way, that we would not grieve the Spirit, but that we would honor the Spirit's work in us. So Lord, we pray, Holy Spirit, have your way. Have your way. Amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast. It is our sincere hope that it has blessed you. For more information, visit our website at www.valleybrook.cc.